Coming up, KDK TV at 5 and 6, Christine Sorensen has a very powerful and personal story about a colleague, John Burnett, who many, many people know from his years at KDK TV, including myself and Marty, and Christine joins us. Christine, good morning. Good morning. Hi, sweetheart. I'm sure this was very difficult for you to do because you probably worked with John side-by-side more than anyone, certainly in the recent years before he retired from KDK TV. Yeah, actually, we started the first day I was there because I was hired as the weekend anchor and he was the weekend meteorologist. So we've been friends for 20 years. We co-hosted PTL for 11 of those years. And we were kind of like the yin to each other's yang. You know, I, as you know, are very organized, very structured. John is completely the opposite. Mr. Spontaneous, do anything, say anything. Um, And he called me his TV wife, and we really were a great pair on TV. So he and I have been getting together over the last five years since he's retired for lunches to catch up and It's been tough because I've been seeing him struggling with a lot of short-term memory problems. But then all of a sudden in the last two years, some other symptoms started to develop that, you know, seemed different. They definitely weren't, they were more physical challenges, like his gait um, changed. He kind of started shuffling more when he walked, which was so different because John was honestly his daughter described him as hyper-physical. I mean, he would take every opportunity to jump or he'd lift me up. I mean, just a strong guy into his 60s. And then his voice started getting hoarse. And then he started losing some expression. And his family, his wonderful wife, Debbie, and his uh, amazing kids, Eric and Sam, had gone to doctor after doctor to doctor to figure out what is going on. And they finally got a diagnosis, and they believe that he has suspected CTE, which is that disease that is caused by repetitive head injuries. So how'd that happen? It's actually a fascinating story. So a lot of people don't know, but John played football all the way uh, from, for 10 years, contact football from when he was a little kid through University of Tennessee, where he was a defensive end. And I remember him telling me all the time that he had a lot of, um, you know, head bangs, including two major concussions. And he wanted to share his story because uh, I think several reasons. I recognize that, first of all, you very rarely ever get to hear from someone who has what's believed to be CTE because the only way to officially diagnose it is through an autopsy of the brain. So, so often we hear after the fact, oh, that's why they had these problems. But now just since 2021, they've come up with diagnostic tools to determine what they believe is CTE. Again, it can't be official until after, but they now have some diagnostic criteria to say this looks like it is. And so I just felt like it was important for people to see, look, this is something that can happen as a result of head injuries, um, repetitive head blows, not necessarily just concussions. It can be a lot of the repetitive head blows. That's some of the research they're finding. Um, But John really wanted to share it, too, because there's this National Sports Brain Bank at the University of Pittsburgh. It just opened nine months ago, and they want all athletes who did any kind of contact sport. I mean, you know, of course, football, but soccer, hockey, rugby, even ones you might not think of, cheerleading, motocross, equestrian, 
to sign up for this study because here's the thing. They don't know why some people get CTE and some don't. So they need to sign up athletes who never get CTE. I mean, think about it. You know athletes, right, in their 80s, football players who are bright, you know, have no cognitive problems at all. So they really need this broad, broad base of athletes to figure out what's going on in some people and why does some people get it and why do some not. Hey, honey, hold on for a second. Hold on for a second. Yeah. Larry, do us a favor. So people understand the context here. She went into his home with his family. Play this little clip so people understand how he's communicating now. If your bathroom is on... No, they... That's, that's Larry. It's all right. It's very emotional stuff. Yeah, his I voice feel noted. being able to, to start a conversation like ours and see it through to the end and feel like I've accomplished something. Jesus. I would suggest... No one would know that's him by his voice. Correct. Right. He, I mean, he, he just turned 70. So, and he's a young 70. Like I said, he was so active and and healthy up until the last couple of years when these changes happened. Um, And yeah, he's, I mean, in a sense, it almost feels like he's aged um, a lot. And it sounds like, you know, maybe an older person. And then he is, and he he's mentally all there. Like you, when I talk with him, yes, he has, he forgets a lot of things. He has to ask his wife to, you know, remind him even what is, what do I have? And it's, you know, he, he can't remember things, but, but in terms of looking back at the past and who everybody is, I mean, it's all there. Like he understands what's going on. Um, and so it, it's really, I'm so grateful they wanted to do this story. Okay, as you hey, know, honey, Marty, I don't want to run yeah. out of time here. But he can't leave the house. It's that bad, right? He can't be left alone, right? Correct. It's gotten to the point where he's had some choking incidents because mm-hmm. of swallowing problems. So now, and he's also not able to, allowed to drive, I should say. Um, so, yeah, it's been a dramatic shift of his lifestyle, his wife's lifestyle. Um, it's it's tough to see. And when, yeah, when is this tough. air, sweetheart? We got to watch this, folks. Please watch it. I hope people will. It's at 5 o'clock today on KDKA TV News. That's the story focusing on John. At 6 o'clock, I have a little more with the National Sports Brain Bank and what CTE is and how people can sign up. And if you miss it or you can't DVR it, go to KDKA.com. We'll have it on the website after. Hey, honey, this was really hard for you, was it not? It was. You know, I kind of put it off for a while because I knew it would be an emotional journey for me. Um, but I, I'm really grateful that they wanted to share their story, and I wanted to be the one to tell it if they wanted oh. to. Well, it's very courageous of them to do that. It is, honey. And, uh, it is. The, the burden for Debbie, too, because God. the constant care and concern. I mean, God bless them both. We'll, we'll be watching, Christine. Thank She's you. She's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Five and six o'clock, folks. Thanks, sweetheart. KDK TV. Thank you. It was... Uh, Hard to watch. I saw a promo for Christine's story about John Burnett tonight, and especially when you know somebody. But I think a lot of people, even watching television for so many years, John was there 30-plus years. Remember? Do you mind, do you mind playing that? E- evening Magazine. One of the most energetic, right? <clears throat> oh, yeah. He used to uh, ride motorcycles yep. with John Cygnus, Cygnus Riders, uh very athletic, ran yep. races, swam. Uh, Football scholarship, Tennessee. Tennessee, SEC. I mean, that's a big deal. Listen to his a voice. I miss being able to, to start a conversation like ours and see it through to the end and 
feel like I've accomplished something. Now, when I saw the picture and then the video that they had on this morning, and I, you know, I, again, I give them a lot of credit for wanting to tell the story right. to potentially help other people too. And this CT is relatively new. Yeah, that part of the diagnosis, yep. as Christine pointed out, uh, typically that's a, you know, post-mortem yep. diagnosis. And there's very little treatment, by the way. I mean, it's hard to see, man. Yeah, and I think, man, there have been so many people that we know, Marty, who right now are dealing with memory issues, Alzheimer's, or other dementia issues with family members. My cousin Eileen, we've had on this show, and she's talked about her husband. She started seeing symptoms with him, Larry. Um, and he was a big-time hockey player, so same thing, right, Larry? Blows to the head. Oh, yeah. He um, was one of the best ever. high school players ever. He scored like four or five goals in a game. Started going downhill in his 50s. And right now, he's a cane. He's been a cane for at least five years. He knows no one. He knows nothing. In essence, in a vegetative state. I'm, I'm just telling you the truth. And it's, you know, it's so sad, Larry, because my cousin loves her husband so much. Now, this is going to sound ridiculous. That she wants him to pass because she doesn't want him in so much pain and anguish and it's that bad. And with John, he was the life of the party, brother, right? Oh my gosh, yeah. The energy level. Everything he did. Full energy all the time. That's what made him successful in the business. We were at the Italian festival in Bloomfield with him. We did some celebrity thing. What is that? Bocce stuff, right? Yes. It's over. He starts crying. Does not know where his car is. And we have to go out. And by the way, I'm not telling the story out of line. He wants people to hear this. This is something he wants out there. We had to find his car. Tonight, 5 o'clock. Unbelievably riveting story. Uh, I would beg people to see because I think it's important. And it's amazing is they can't really diagnose it until after you pass, so you donate your brain, which to some people sounds morbid, but John wants people to find out so he can help others. When and even if he passes. in his dire situation. And is, he cannot there, leave the house. Is, he is can't there, be left alone. Is there any treatment of any sort that can help that they know of? Nothing groundbreaking yet. Nothing, sir. And you know his wife. She's amazing. And his son, amazing. And at the end of the day, he's not even 70, Larry. I mean, it can be very, very difficult to watch this happen. Five o'clock tonight, my wife's story. You gotta watch it. They're the first team to repeat in almost 20 years. Back-to-back -back Super Bowl champions. And quarterback Patrick Mahomes, as the confetti flies, wins his third Super Bowl. 
joining an elite club of quarterbacks to win at least three with Brady, Montana, Bradshaw, and Aikman. The Chiefs have won Super Bowl 58 in overtime. From Westwood One, that is the voice of play-by-play extraordinaire. He is Kevin Harlan. And joining us is Colin Dunlap, who's going to be in 10-2, to 2, not only today, but uh, for the next couple of weeks. But obviously, with your sports credentials, too, I wanted to get your take on a couple of things. Sure. Good morning. Good morning. First of all, I guess there's no surprise. It could have went either way. One play either way could have changed the outcome of the game itself. But Kansas City is now the new New England Patriots in terms of they're the team to beat. I think more so they are, right? It's a dynasty. But more so, Mahomes is 28 years old. He's won three Super Bowls. He's been an MVP three times. He's won three in five years. We And I'm going to probably start the show with this today. We we often understand greatness in retrospect, right? Like you don't understand when you're in it. We're seeing Jordan right now. We're seeing Gretzky right now. We're seeing a Babe Ruthian sort of output. That's we're seeing Willie Mays. We are we're seeing and we, and we should re, we're, we should understand that right now. We should stop and know that this this guy's track puts him toward the greatest of all time in in among the elite in all of sport, all sport of all time, and and that's fact. And he seems like a good guy too. Yeah. Well, like like look at last night. You know. They were terrible for a while, and then he just put the football team on his back like he seemingly always does. In the long history of all sports, and and you could just narrow it down to football if you wanted, what we're seeing now is truly one of the top performers of all time. All time. Yeah, it started, you know, with no score through the first quarter, and then things built up as you got to the third and then fourth quarter. And then over time, wow, it ended up being – only the second time a Super Bowl's gone to overtime. I also want to ask you about Travis Kelsey, who's been terrific, mm-hmm. and he's now surpassed what Jerry Rice and the connection with Patrick Mahomes, and he's with Gronkowski. You know, right, in the right, same right. sentence. But he bumped into the coach and then was screaming in his ear. What you know, do you make of I that? just heard what Marty said that Zeiss tweeted. Right. Zeiss isn't wrong. Right. If it was if it was somebody else. Plex. Or Antonio Brown. Antonio. Or Antonio. Somebody like that. If that was the case, they'd be a hothead. Right they'd on. be a troublemaker. Right but he's passionate then. Right. And he's <laughs> now is it I think it's innocuous no matter who it is. Okay? But there would be it would be a war crime if it was somebody else. Right on. If they were black. If they were yeah, because it becomes a race issue in, Absolutely. in, Zeiss, in Zeiss's mind. Particularly if the coach is white. Yeah. So, for those that didn't if, And it, also this. If Mike Tomlin was the coach and that happened, no matter what color the player was, he would have lo- he lost control of the team. Right. Nice. Andy Reid nice. looks startled at he first. Was, right? Right. right. Like, he got bumped to the point Kelsey where was out of line. He lost his balance. And this is on the sidelines during the Super Bowl – screaming in his ear. There's ways to say, and he should have been on the field in that set. There's ways to say that without 
being so demonstrative. And what's kind of fascinating is he was being actually selfless. He was angry because he wasn't allowed to block. Correct. On that play. He didn't want a big score, Larry. But you don't need to be so demonstrative and no. put on a show like no. that. Although, well, I, he's great. Oh, he's, Lost he's, in all the Taylor Swift stuff, It he the playoff run he put his team on and after, after about week 12 or so this year, actually, he was – there was times in every game he was the best player on the field. Yeah. Took no over. question. Right. Should he apologize publicly or has he? He did. For- he did. I think he should probably take a moment to do it publicly. I agree. I think it could help his image and help him. Just say, hey, man, you know, because he's got a very popular podcast with his brother. Oh, yeah. Who has actually been kind of wild and rogue. He was uh, screaming something at the Odell thing about the Eagles. She had asked who you're rooting for, and he screamed Eagles. And she she didn't know that was him, so she kind of put him down as just somebody that was, uh, you know, being one of those people. Fog of war, man. Come on. Move on. I thought it was a, a spectacular game, a spectacular halftime show. Brother. I thought it was a great it, – it, it's Vegas. It hey, was a great show. Hey, before we lose, lose uh-huh. you – have you guys been watching this crap from this waste management open? My God. In Phoenix? I drunks? think that there should be. What is that? Larry, have you been seeing I... these videos? Oh, yeah. Who? Fights. Yeah. This is at a, a P- PGA event. It's the one golf event where they allow you to get a little different than the other golf events. Why but is they've that? Al- it's just been, it's it's how it is. It's the party event. They're, right. They're but sw- they've let it get way out of hand. On the 16th hole, the whole crowd, they played Sweet Caroline. It's like it's a... A football game. Yeah, but there were fist fights. Guys jumped into sand traps during the event. I saw that. Guys throwing up. Guys falling because they're stewed and then. I, I always wonder when people, like the guy ran on the field last night in the Super Bowl. Right. Or the guy at the waste management thing runs out. And I've always wondered this. How do you just show up for work the next right day? Right on. Like, how do you, no matter if you work as an insurance person, a delivery person, you're the president of a company, how do you just show up for work the next day and everything's all good? I, I got to get to this with you because sure. it's so personal with you. Um, this incident at uh, Fort Cherry. Yes. With this young yeah, I man. I heard it. Yeah, yeah. Whose father died from cancer and they were screaming, where's your father while he's shooting free throws? Mm-hmm. You've been through this hell with your daughter battling cancer. Correct. How does this strike you? Uh, you, you might find this interesting. So I'm going to talk about this later on. Yeah, yeah. I'm not in the in the realm or in the population where I want to throw away the whole life of some 16-year-old kids. Right. Right? Right. What I would say to them is, okay, you've got a choice here. Maybe not even a choice. You can take a three-day suspension. Nice. Okay? Or nice. we're going to go for one day and volunteer just to push wheelchairs, just to be in that atmosphere at the chemotherapy unit at Washington Hospital to help people from their cars up to their chemo, or from chemo down to their car. Nice. Just to be exposed to what, because it's naivety. You know, I'm not into ruining the lives of 16-year-olds because they say dumb stuff. Right. Because we've all said dumb stuff when we were that age. Not to that degree and probably not that mean. But maybe if they're exposed to it and see it, even just one person going through that, it might change their mind going forward. I have the video here. You can hear them chanting, where's your father? Father's dead from cancer, and they knew it. But that's a, that's how I would do Come it. Come on, Larry. And, and if they don't wise up after that, well, then what's disturbing above and beyond what they said is that it's the mob mentality. Yep, if correct. it was one crazy kid, whatever, not to dismiss it, but you could kind of say, okay, that kid's got real issues. Hey, look, like, listen, I, 
I have people, this is no joke, I have had people send me messages on social media, and I'm past anger about this, saying, isn't your daughter dead yet? After no. I posted pictures. Come oh, absolutely. on. God. Absolutely. Jesus. After I posted pictures, and I celebrate my kids all the time, God. but I'm past being mad at that. And I'd say, if that person went one time wow. and walked with me, and what I'll respond with I'll meet you at Children's anytime you want. Let's just go for a walk on the ninth floor. And they would never do that again. What you and your wife have dealt with and shared because it helps others too is mind-boggling. Right, and and, and I'm at peace with that, like with those kids. But for somebody to say that. With those 16-year-old kids, let them have a day at the Washington Hospital chemo unit and just, just push wheelchairs. What's even worse about what happened to you is it wasn't some teenager right some adult with a social media right. weaponizing social media right. to hurt another person but i think but this was different and this is why it's almost um it's worse than social media because it it's not there's no anonymity there right. were kids in a gym yelling that that's huh. bad well it'll be interesting to see how the administration deals with it colin thank you certainly looking forward to uh at least the next two weeks We'll see what happens. 10 to 2, Colin Dunlap. Coming up, this Friday is the first Fish Fry Friday, and Rob Pratt is teaming up with Paul Zeiss, 10 to 2, from Coons Market on McKnight Road. Nobody does fish fries quite like Rob Pratt. And Coons. It's a hell of a fish sandwich they have, brother. Yeah, they uh, are now adding Paul Zeiss to the mix. Wow. For Thursday or Friday. Yeah. So you got Fat Tuesday. Yeah. Ash Wednesday, Valentine's Day, then yep. Fish Fry yep. Friday, then President's Day. Well, you've had a whole show to think about what to get your wife for Valentine's Day. Any ideas? Nothing. Nothing. I was advised. A blank. By a listener, nothing with a cord on it. Wow. Unlike what I did for Christmas. Oh, yeah. With the lead glass snow globe. <laughs> wow. Lighted. <laughs> and for her, which by the way, the 60th birthday is a big deal. Tell our listeners the romantic, gargantuan, incredibly, incredibly generous, kind show of your love to your wife. What did you get her? The story of August Wilson. A book. I did. Was it a freebie too? It was a side hustle book. <laughs> no. Yeah, I think it was. No. I'll show Samantha. You re- I'll show you the receipt. So you're way off from 30, but if, if you were turning 30 and Mr. McDreamy, your boyfriend, got you a book. I mean, if it was a book that I wanted, because I do like to read. Mm-hmm. Like if it was a book, I could you get me some books for Christmas? Not for your 30th. Yeah, but. Come on, man. What kind of books do you like to read? It's none of your business. <laughs> wow. This might jeopardize your codependent relationship. This. Okay. That's how it's going to be. That stuff about uh, Colin, uh, folks asking if his daughter was dead yet. Let me say this, and Larry remembers this. Mike Pintek died of uh, pancreatic cancer. We watched this happen, right, live, every day. He came to work, and he was really, actually, for a long time, you would have not known. No way. The difference. He would get phone calls, live, on air, from listeners who would say, when are you dying? I, you have to somehow focus on 
the greatness of life, uh, creating change, making a difference. Because if you get caught up in that, man, it's a dark place, brother. Dark.